gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Sonoma Sun FM presents live from Sonoma, California. Which, of course, in German means a whale's vagina. Tim Livingston. Hey, big time, Timmy Jim. What's up? Pete Livingston. My name? Uh, uh, P. And Sam Livingston. Uh, hate rabbit. Taking you into Mondays, the only way they know how. With love. I love you, kick puncher! Los Livingston Brothers, on Sonoma Sun FM, KSVY 91.3, Sonoma. It is that time of year, folks. No, it's not Christmas time. No, get the hell out of your Christmas time. It's not Christmas time. Not here yet. Ladies and gentlemen, it is officially the beginning of the greatest appreciation month in the history of mankind. The history of mankind. The history of ever. This would be this would be the beginning of Los Livingston Brothers Appreciation Month. Here it is. Here we are. Greetings and welcome. December 2nd, show number 98. We are closing in on that vaunted 100, 100th show. Oh my god, this looks like something from a Hallmark. But we have a picture here from our own uh, not-so-distant relatives. We have... God, this picture... Timmy, just describe I it. I'm, I don't know. It's majestic. It's... It's regal. It is a puppy. It's a, it's a tiny dog with giant reindeer antlers on his head. And it looks like it's someone else's dog, but then I realize it's our dog. Yes, it is. It's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's incredible, actually. And I mean ridiculous in the best way possible. I do not mean ridiculous in the ridiculous way that people think of when they say ridiculous. I mean in the way that, um, like, Mike Trout's speed is ridiculous, or Burl Ives singing Christmas songs is ridiculous. That's what I'm talking about. But greetings to all. We are um, we are a duo tonight. Myself and Samuel riding solo due to um, Peter being in the eastern region of the United States and not able to join us at the 2 a.m. hour and or in studio. So it is our time here in studio to, to kind of get you excited to talk about some of the great things that will be coming up uh, Los Livingston Brothers Appreciation Month. Mainly, as, as Sam will, will definitely chime in on, that we want you, the listeners... To appreciate us just as much as we, Los Livingston Brothers, appreciate you, the the the, the listeners. Why? Sam, stop. Keep your keep keep your pants and just do it. Stop it. What? Stop it. I this message cannot be posted to this wall. Yeah. Well, fine. I don't, I don't know, Sam. I don't know. On our own, God. I don't know, Sam. I don't know why that is. Continue. That, that being said, we take these next 29 days into account. We have four more shows in the month of December, which is pretty fantastic. 
Uh, we will have a show two days before Christmas and the two days uh, before New Year's. So here at Los Livingston Brothers, it is our job to do many things for you. The first one is uh, for you, the viewing audience at home, to which there are none, uh, we are wearing our luxurious robes. Uh, this tradition started last year as a early, I would say, Christmas gift or start to the greatness that is Los Livingston Brothers Appreciation Month. So we are continuing this trend into its second year with uh, with the robes. Myself, I, I guess this is like a, what a a coffee brown. Sam, what would you say? Would you say this is a coffee brown? I call that Livingston Brown. Livingston Brown. I don't know what Livingston Brown is. Well, that's us. <laughs> okay, so I'm wearing a Livingston Brown robe. Sam wearing a blue and green plaid number. Uh, Pete probably not wearing pants asleep somewhere. Yep, but, sounds but, like him. But we are wearing these robes in solidarity, for we are gentlemen of leisure. We are gentlemen of of stupendous, stupendous knowledge and stupendous general gentlemen's necessities for, I would say, recreation. We are what you would call men of honor. I don't. I don't know where that was going. I really don't know. Me neither. But I liked I it. Um, I liked it. It was regal. It sounded good. So you know, Los Angeles Brothers Appreciative Month is such due to many a thing. Uh, first off, the. The, the obviously the kickoff is the first Los Livingston Brothers show of December, which is you know, in all seriousness, a pretty big deal. I mean, if you take a look at what we do on a regular basis here at Los Livingston Brothers, what we do is we make things a big deal. Um, for instance, the fact that we are wearing robes, it is now a big deal. The fact that it is no longer raining, that is a big deal. Um, interestingly enough. As Sam pointing out meme after meme after meme. Is this on the Los Livingston Brothers page or is this on the... Just my page. Hmm. We do have some very interesting news to report, Sam. Go on. Did you did you hear about uh, the plans for Evo next year? Yeah, you might, you might, you just... might, you might want to go to this so we can actually talk well, about this. Well, internet, stop. So, but what we're doing right now is, uh, you know, like we said, it starts tonight, and then we have a birthday this week of one of our our esteemed brothers. Yes, and he will uh, when he returns from Baltimore or uh, or the Maryland, whatever, whatever region he's. In, the, the far eastern whatever when he returns um he shall he shall be greeted and hoisted on on men's shoulders and and fanned with banana leaves and he will be given the choicest and finest meats and cheeses in all the land uh, mm-hmm. and that will be this week and then next week we will all be together for show number 99 and uh, this this is going to be very important because it happens on December 9th, right? Show number 99 on the 9th of December. That, that's a pretty big deal. But then, the week after, we will celebrate our 100th episode of Los Livingston Brothers. 
we're not sure what we're going to do, but I can guarantee it won't be a clip show because, A, um, I'm too lazy to do a clip thing for our show going through 100 episodes, and, uh, and B, that's just not our style. We want to be original. We want to be daring, so you'll have that. That would be just over an hour worth of... Did I just say an hour? No, that would be just over a hundred hours worth yeah. of clips we'd be going through. And you guys have the clips. You guys can go to loslivingstonbrothers dot com slash radio shows, and you can enjoy the greatness. Actually, it's slash radio dash shows. So go to the website, check it out. Um, we haven't posted the last two weeks due to some archiving issues that I'm trying to resolve before I can post them. If they can't be resolved, then we're just going to post them as is. So basically, as the last couple of minutes cut off of each episode. But, hey, that is what it is. Um, so we'll post those if need be. But they will be up um, at some point this week, regardless of, of how they are. And then from there, like we said, you know, show 100. And then, of course, show 101 would be two days before Christmas. Um where we, as as a brethren, come together and talk about the greatness of our Christmas memories. We talk about our favorite things about the Christmas season, and uh, we recount some of our favorite moments in fine Christmas cinema. And then, of course, the day after Christmas uh, is no longer Christmas. Of course, it is Tim Livingston Day Eve, and uh, Tim Livingston Day will be celebrated on the fifth anniversary now. Holy criminy, I'm old. The fifth anniversary, so 2008, so 9, 10, 11, 12. So this is actually be the fourth anniversary of, Los Living, of uh, Tim Livingston Day on Wednesday the 26th. And then, of course, oh, yes. uh, we will close out the year. Now, the most important thing about us having, uh, with, with, 10, with 101 there on the 29th, the most important thing about us having show number 100 is that the uh, world ends on the 21st, right? So, you know, we're, uh, we're making sure we get that 100th episode right in there. To uh, before the end of the world on the twenty first. So. Basically, I think we might just want to broadcast. Yeah, our, we are. We're gonna be. You know. I think we might be live uh, from the end of the world. We're yeah, not sure where it's gonna be, but we just know it will be somewhere here. So uh, you know, hope you all are, are ready for the end of the world show. Um, but yeah, so there, from there it'll be interesting. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it'll be almost the end of our second year. Remember, we started this thing the second week of January in 2011, and we're still going strong. Been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, this month coming up going to be some great stuff. Sam Sam is, is ready for Christmas. We're all ready for Christmas at the house. The tree is yes. in place. We are ready to decorate that thing. Day two, one. Day one. Day one of the, had of the Livingston Tree experience. It's naked as the day it was born. Um, well, no, we had it yesterday. That well, yeah. was day one. So this is day two. Yeah. Day two. Just clarifying. Day two. Clarifying. Naked. Tree is naked right now. Has clarifying. a skirt on, has the tree skirt, but is naked nonetheless. But it's pulled it down. I mean... Yes. I mean, we kind of like it when our trees do that. Yes. So, so Sam, we were saying um, big news announced today in regards to... One of our favorite things all year long, Las Vegas and Evo. Go ahead. Well, Las Vegas is all year round, but yes, this time, this year, this summer, it's going to be, for 2013, Evo has been planned to be moved over to the Paris Hotel and Casino 
for July 12th through the 14th Pretty in big Las deal. Vegas. So that is so last year or this I guess this past year now we're not in the 2013 yet, but this past year was at Caesar's Palace at the Grand Ballroom there, and Paris just happens to be. Right across the street from Caesar's Palace, so I um, think I still might stay at Caesar's so, Palace, um, but God, we'll see. We yeah, all see. so uh, so Caesar's Palace being right there, uh, you know, there, the, you know, the one thing with Evo, and we talked about it at length for for many a weeks here, is that it is growing and growing, and now the the scene is shifting to a larger venue. Uh, in fact, if we go to the article, uh, it'll talk a little bit about it. Um, let's see here. They're going to have more information uh, in regards to it, but uh, the fact that it is moving to Paris is is a pretty pretty good step in the right direction there. Paris has a little bit larger amount of space, it seems, and if that's the case, they're, they're really trying to... Um, Brace themselves for for what's to come. I'm excited, Sam. I really am. Yes. I mean, excited. What I like about it for is for one word, right? Yeah, it's it's a um uh you you know one of the things I enjoy most about it is that you know Vegas is always going to be its home, but they know where to put it <laughs> in Vegas. So it's now the biggest tournament in the world, bar none. You know, SBO this year and last year have not been up to snuff, and many people think, as they always do, that SBO is done after this year. So Evo might become the biggest game in town, and they continue to make it a big deal. And we shall see what continues with uh, AE 2012 now being almost a year old and if there will be any changes uh, to come in the in the Street Fighter community or the uh, Street Fighter series uh, within the next few months, so that should be interesting. But as we just said, Evo will be at the Paris in Las Vegas the weekend of July 12th to the 14th. So uh, the gaming the com- gaming community has that stamped on their calendar as we speak uh, at the Paris in Las Vegas. So not too bad at all. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it for sure. So. Um, Samuel. That's me. That's that would be you. You're sitting to my left. What is something that you did this week that uh, you feel like is it's, it's something you want to express? Something you want to talk about this week? Something interesting that you did? Um, the past week. Sure. I. Finally got my first day at my first job. Ooh, that was not an internship. Very good. That's Over right. here, for all you locals and maybe not so locals, but hopefully visiting, um, I'm working at Moon Mountain Christmas Tree Farm. Very cool. Moon Mountain. Remo- remember. Remember. Remember Moon remember. Mountain. Remember. Remember. Good job. Thank you. But. It is a great place to work at. It's just, it's seriously only like six or seven minutes away from home. Like even including the drive down the hill. But it's so nice there. You just, uh, I mean, it is raining and that was part of the fun. We wore rain, rain gear and drove ATVs as we hauled 
trees that we sawed down with our own bare hands. And we shake and bailed, shake and baked. Shake and baked. And just hauled trees, and I made at least 20 bucks in tips for my first day. And I'm going back this coming Friday. I'm just... It's too bad that we couldn't get our tree there instead. I mean... True, but, you know, timing uh, is everything. It's all right. Sam Sam is cutting down trees for the faithful. It's a very famous tree farm, too, right? I mean... I don't know. to, To my understanding, people drive from... Miles around to go to that tree farm just because of its of its beauty of its beauty. Yeah, dude, that's the beauty. part I forgot to mention. It looks amazing, especially when it's like uh, cloudy and there's like fog rolling through. It looks like Skyrim. You would imagine being yeah. in Skyrim if you were there. Just step out into the parking lot, the little, uh, the you know, it's just like it's just this little tucked away place where you get to go and look at trees, and it's seriously just. Like, all it's so big. It's at least like ten times larger than like any decent sized uh, tree lot that you know of, easily. And this is just trees that we're talking about. Not bad. It, and they're all alive. They, they are as fresh as they come. And when you walk out there, it smells so good. I'm looking back, looking forward to going back there this week. That is it's cool. It's uh you can't miss it. It's up there on Moon Mountain Road. They are our sponsors this week. Thank you. Thank you. It's a very, very thoughtful time to get up there, have some fun. Um for those of you who did go out into the rain and get your trees this week, Mazeltoff, um absolutely ridiculous conditions. Uh Already word that the Russian River could crest at some point, either overnight or into the morning, due to all the runoff from the creeks around it. It's pretty incredible. Um, it's it's really one of those things where you have a uh, a lot of rain dumped in three days, basically three and a half days. Uh, the one that came down last night was a killer, an absolute killer. Dumped about three and a half inches to four inches, depending on where you are in uh, in Sonoma County. Uh, was you know talking about getting the Petaluma River up to crest. The Russian River is definitely in danger of doing that. I mean, just a ridiculous storm, huh, Sam? Yeah, it it was great I mean, on. You Friday. were up there. You actually, I about to say you were up there on. It Friday. wasn't too hard, but it was just it was a nice rain. It was a nice good rain. It didn't like slow us down, but it was definitely. A formidable type of weather. Oh, formidable. Very good. I think that might be the first time that that has been used on Los Livingston Brothers. I can't remember a time. That's the buzzword. Buzzword. That's the word. So, you know, if you're watching Pee Wee's Playhouse, the word today is formidable. Not like formaldehyde, which is evil and bad and can kill you, but um, uh, formidable. That is the word. Look at that. They're, They're actually saying more rain and flooding for the West Coast. Good Lord. What's up? Heavy rain forecast. Through Wednesday, it looks like it's going to be six plus inches, it said. Wow. Through Wednesday? Yep. Holy crammy. And it's moving inward let's off go, the coast. Let's go to, so weather, un- let's go to uh, weather Underground. They are good people. Yeah, Weather Underground. Weather, weather Underground. Uh, I, I believe they're actually local. I want to say they're a Bay Area-based company. Um, so, yeah, I mean, 
If we uh, let's 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 do this. We're going to do the uh, the first ever Los Livingston Brothers weather report. This is going to be pretty interesting. So if we go to full conditions and forecast, okay. Let's see what we got here. This is your forecast. Now the official thermometer or the uh, weather meter for uh, for the Sonoma area is in Weinberg, so in the so the southern area of Sonoma here. Um, but they are saying that uh, tomorrow will be kind of one of those partly cloudy days. And then uh, there might be some rain tomorrow night and then definitely a good chance of rain on on both Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, but the idea there is that the, the big storms that already came in uh, have, have basically hit the, the rain hardest. But, I mean... I mean, shoot, it's it's tough out there for you guys if if it rains hard as hard as it did, you know, last night or a couple nights ago. So, hopefully, the rain, if it does come, isn't nearly as strong because it it was pretty hellacious to to be driving out there. That's for sure. So, they're saying us boring. They're saying for us. Yeah, we're like we want we want a damn monsoon. That's what we want. We want we want. Like that, we want that weather report where when we look at it, it's like holy crap. Let's uh, let's bar the doors and not go in. Yeah, it's been a while since we had that. Like, I just love seeing those. We're not saying we like welcome a natural disaster. We're just saying we might be overdue. That's what we're saying. It's Sonoma only gets leftovers, is how it goes. It always goes over into Petaluma and Santa Rosa. We're just like the little tucked away pocket that rain just like happens to go by. It's like here, have a little bit. Yeah, just just sprinkle. Um, I mean, I remember it used to be. I don't know if it was just me, but I remember some bigger storms back then. Oh no, definitely. When you were a kid, there were some major storms. There was a major flood, I think, in '95. I think that was the first uh, time El Nino entered the lexicon <laughs> of, of, of the of the the public out here. So, yeah, um, okay, but yeah. So, you know what? I watched Sam last night. And you, I want you to, to chime in on this. Is I rewatched the 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 last time that Marvel versus Capcom two was played at a major tournament in the in the first to fifteen uh, between Clockwork and Neo. Uh, did did oh Sam looking for the oldie Kickstarter? Oh come on, this is stupid. Go on. So, um, it was something that uh, Neo posted on on Facebook last night. Uh, it was just remembering. It was a big time. It was a big time deal because it was uh, it was uh, you know, it was the last time that Marvel vs. Capcom two is basically being run at a major level. And Neo and Clockwork, uh, Neo being the the, the money mass champ of, Mar- of Marvel's Capcom, have been playing that game for a long time, and and you know Clockwork, who picked his team when Marvel versus Capcom started ten years previously, and had the same team the entire uh, time he played the game of uh, of Strider and Doctor Doom, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, why am I blanking on the third one? I watched the entire thing last night. Sentinel, yeah, um, facing what they call the Matrix, which was uh, which was Cyclops, Sentinel, and um, and Storm. And then you know they played that out, and and uh, and you know if people have seen it, it's one of those really incredible things to watch for an ebb and flow. It's really it's funny. You think about a first to fifteen. 
And it's not a best of 15. This is something where it could go a maximum of 29 matches, and it almost does. Mm-hmm. Like, it almost does. Um, and it really is the equivalent in the fighting game community of those old 15-round heavyweight fights, you know, where you got, you know, guys going back and forth for rounds and rounds and rounds and rounds, and it's just a slugfest until one guy just ekes out enough at the end, and that's what Neo did, and he stayed undefeated. But um, if you go back and watch that, it's, it's 90 minutes long, okay? So this is definitely for the, for the fighting game enthusiast. Um, but Keats and, and Justin Wong are incredible on commentary. Of course, Keats the Eagle got him, got into our intros uh, a few times. Uh, yeah. Still one of my favorite lines ever uttered, as a, and I'm a broadcaster, so I'm a big fan of that line. Um but the the big thing for that was it was just it was the end of an era and it was you know Neo is someone that uh, Pete uh, followed as part of his documentary that he's he's finishing up and uh, and Neo who had to make that transition from Marvel two where he was such a huge force in the in the the big time money matches into Marvel three which was a little bit of a different environment and and him having to make the adjustments it's uh it's a it's a it's a pretty neat uh, way of showing that transition. So, um, right now for 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 video game enthusiasts, it's kind of a downtime. We you know the the Evo Road doesn't start for a couple of more months, and and right now people are kind of in that transition phase where they're kind of wondering if there's going to be a change for something like Street Fighter. Uh, you know they already have the patch for Street Fighter Cross Tekken, which people hoped would improve the game to it being a, a kind of a one of those games that could be considered a major. But it's it's doesn't seem that way. I mean, I don't know. I pl- like I said, I played it. You know, Sam, you and I played it a, a while back, right before it got patched. But it just seemed like a just kind of a broken game. It didn't seem smooth. At, Marvel like, Capcom Three? No, no, no. Uh, Street Fighter Cross Sorry. Tekken. Oh, I didn't play that. Yeah. It just it didn't it didn't appeal to me, and they all there it, there are some stuff that you know game, gamers out there will appeal to, but just in the in the grand scheme of things, it didn't turn out to be uh, I, I think as good as, as people hoped it to be. So obviously, Marvel and and, and Street Fighter will be the big games uh, next year, but uh, they're not sure what's gonna join it. You know, uh, there's those are the two games, but you know, King of Fighters 13 made a big run last year. Chances are that'll be back. Uh, Mortal Kombat did a, a pretty good final last year. Good chance that could be back. Um, but we'll see. You know, Tekken Tag Tournament two, if that turns out to be okay, and from a from a competitive standpoint, maybe that gets in. Uh, Soul Calibur, if that gets in, so we shall see. Uh, PlayStation Battle Royale All Stars. I don't know about that one. Uh, that game seems like it's going to get a shot, but we'll, we'll see what happens. So, a lot to come, though. We got seven months, eight months now until Evo. So, a lot of speculating, but still, yeah. yeah. So, but that was that was uh, that was an interesting little blast of the past. We had Keats on. Uh, I want to say it was uh, one. I want to say April or May of last year. Uh, it was it was right before. It was right after or right before Ultimate in Illinois. And he helped put that on, and and uh, I thought well, I, that might have been even June. I can't remember, but it was last year, 2011. So head over to the website and listen to it. That was a really good interview. It was a really good get for us to to get him on and to talk. So uh, when we were steadily doing interviews, he was a really good guy to come on. Really nice guy too. Really, really uh, had some great things to say about the scene and and all that good stuff. So totally. Um, 
I'm trying to think. More more magic stuff. We played Ravnica on Friday night. We were talking about it. It's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a pretty fun draft pool with Ravnica. Um, you know, first time I had drafted in a while, and I went. Sam and I actually played each other in the last game. I beat him. Yeah, I beat him. Uh, he won one and two. I went two and one. We pulled two crap rares and in our in my my eight bucks of store credit. <laughs> yeah, but. Well. Uh, but hey, you know, it was fun. It was a uh um it was good to it was that was my first actual like real in person draft, I wanna say in four years, five years. Really? I'm trying to think Lorwin block. So Lorwin might have been oh seven, it might have been five years. Um but you know, it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. It was it's a yeah, you know, we talked about it. Sam Sam will talk about it too. It's it's a it's a cool thing a draft because it kinda evens the playing field, right? You know, you're really picking from strategy. And there's a luck in the draw, obviously, involved because they're all opening up, you know, three packs. But it's interesting to see, you know, what gets pulled, what you can do with it. And mm-hmm. and uh, I really like how, uh, I really like how, I would say, you know, the playing field becomes balanced at the end of it because there's you know, only so much you can do. Yeah, I have to say it was uh, fun. All of this, uh, what was I saying? Oh, I was just trying to say I managed to pull out a third Abrupt Decay, which is a $15 card. It is just, I don't know how I got a third one. It was just the weirdest coincidence. Uh, you know, someone was like, here, I'm passing you a money card with all this. And then I saw it and I was like, why is this, like, how's the third one coming to my, uh, you know, my grasp. It was just weird. And I had to pick to, between that and a card that I could actually use. And I figured, you know, it'd be worth just, like, uh, letting it pass this time. Yeah. But I really had a tough time deciding. I was wondering, would it really be worth taking a third one? So I left it to chance and just left it face down with three other cards and let the guy that was going to take them uh, pick one of them and a the one he'd pick it'd be the one I kept. By the way, we have someone coming on. Nah, that's a it's Oh. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, then he picked the one the abrupt decay, and so I got to keep it. I mean whatever. I just left it the chance and I still got it somehow. So well, I don't feel well, bad. The drafts are, are weird things, you know, for people who don't know what a draft is. You know, everybody gets three packs of, you know, their 15-card packs, and then they get passed around to everybody. And the idea being that you have a, you know, you have a left, uh, left you pass it to the left and take a card, pass it to the left, take a card, and you do it until the pack is done. Then you do the same thing to the right and do the same thing back to the left again. And the idea is... You know, your first pack really determines what you're going to play, but then depending on what gets passed to you, if you're playing in a certain color, uh, you really could, uh, you you really could have a, a kind of a, a deck that could go a couple of different ways. So some people get lucky enough that they have a couple of cards they pull in the first pack, and it's just like you're not going to get a better uh, a better play than this. Some guys get kind of a decent first tall cards, and then they get something in the second pack where it's like, okay, now I gotta play this. I have to find some way to play it, and then your entire strategy changes. So uh, it's it's a very interesting format. It's really cool. It's really you know, thing about you know you know 
the strategy for any game that you play, you know, the draft really helps you build that type of strategy, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, for, for me, it was more of a, uh, of an exercise and just consistency, you know, you know, we've been, you know, Sam, Sam and Pete have definitely been into it since Ravnica came out back in, uh, what, September? What was that? Was that August? Yeah, it was like September. And, and, you know, you guys went to the release date, uh, uh, release up in in Santa Rosa and, and and got a chance to play around with some stuff and got some pretty cool swag and all that. But what ended up happening was, you know, when you guys started getting into it, I think we all kind of had a sense for uh what makes it what makes certain things better than others. And what was interesting was you have a I think a set that is very very balanced. Like, you know, talking to other people, they say they like drafting this because you know, basically any combination that you can come up with is going to win. There's no dominant, like, card. And I like that. I like... Yeah. You like parity in this game. You know, you know, we talk about video game balance. Balance is, is the key, you know? Right. Yeah. And, you know, and, and let's talk, touch on something we talked about last week when, you know, we closed the show talking about the Wii U and we talked about, you know, just games in general. You know, this week I decided, you know, in, in the great Xbox that I picked up, I decided to pick up Donkey Kong Country 2. You yeah, know? you did. And um, when I had the, when we had a Super Nintendo, this was way back in the day. Sam was about like four or five. I was like 12 or 13. Um, I got Donkey Kong Country 2 uh, for Christmas, and I remember just playing the hell out of the game for a good, like, you know, a good month or two, beating the game a couple of times. And one of the things is I've revisited every couple of years. Like, we, you know, when Sam got the Wii and Donkey Kong Country 2 came out on the virtual console, that was one of the first games we downloaded. I remember playing it and really just still being quite impressed with its layout. Um, and then we had a, a vote on the, 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 the Death Valley boards for the best games in the 16-bit era. And uh, and I put Donkey Kong Country, I want to say, seventh on my list. I think I had it seventh overall. Yeah. And for me, it was it was the best platformer that I played. It was, and, and, you know, we talked about balance. It wasn't that it was super challenging. I mean, it is challenging, because there are many different ways you can beat the game as far as if you want to try and just blow through it on a time roll or if you want to try and get all the secrets, all the bonuses, you know, go for that 102%. Uh, it's very interesting to, to kind of see that uh, that game progress as you, you go along. Um, but I just I just like how balanced it is. It really is a great dynamic between... You know, just your normal, regular old platformer and something that you can really sink your teeth into from a standpoint of, of a challenging game. I know you've played it, Sam. I mean, yeah. What, what, are your, what are your thoughts on it? I have to say, I was actually watching Game Grumps. They have, they just recently finished their uh, their time with it. They played the first Donkey Kong Country and it was, uh, I only got to watch like, four or five episodes of it they've done like 13 in that game but it was just like they pointed out uh how it's designed and they uh, they mentioned that you know collecting the bananas which are basically coins like getting those extra lives actually means something so you're actually glad to collect all that stuff it's not just like oh uh 
here's some coins and Mario. It's like, oh, great, I got a bajillion lives. Like, I care if I die. There's like, uh, you know, it's just it's not as exciting or uh, doesn't have as much tension in the Mario games in that way. Uh, well, basically, I just think I think I really like the rare games in general. The rareware games, and yeah. I think Donkey Kong Country was no exception at all. Well, you know, Donkey Kong Country Two when it came out was highly, highly heralded. Um, a lot of people liked the first Donkey Kong Country, but it was kind of a raw game. Like if you if you play Donkey Kong Country Two and then you play the first one, it's very raw, right? It's one of those games that is very broad, has a lot of really cool features to it. Uh, it is definitely one of those searcher type games. But what was interesting about Donkey Kong Country 2 is that it really just refined everything that people liked about Donkey Kong Country 1, and it really made basically everything about the game better, which is uh, which is what you basically ask for in a sequel, and it did it in spades. Now, Donkey Kong Country 3 was very interesting because they tried to add some different elements to it um, that, uh, that made it a little bit different than just your normal platformer. But when you got down to brass tacks, uh, I don't think it was as uh you know fulfilling as uh Donkey Kong Country 3. You really it stayed within certain parameters like you know Donkey Kong Country 3 only had two bonus levels uh per world. That was it. You had two bo- bonus levels per world. Oh really? And uh when you play Donkey Kong Country or Donkey Kong Country 2, you have some levels that have one, you have some levels that have as many as five. Right, but your goal was to find all of them. You're yeah. gonna figure it out. Yeah, you know, Donkey Kong Country Two was, you know, here, you know, here's some bonus barrels. Go and get them. You know that type of stuff. So, it, you know, Donkey Kong Country Three, I should say, Donkey Kong Country Two was was kind of that great. It was the Empire Strikes Back of the trilogy. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, Definitely. um, I don't know if, if any of our listeners can still play it, but. It's something that, you know, it is definitely worth another playthrough. It's a very, uh, it is it's still a challenging game. You know, even though it's been a while since I've played it, you know, and I remember many of the secrets, there's a reason why when, you know, a game like Donkey Kong Country Returns came out, you know, last year for the Wii, or I should say yeah. at the end of 2010, I, or, you know, no, let's say the mid-2011, mid, mid 2011, I should say. When that game came out, the reason why it was a buzz was because it just kind of had this feel to the Donkey Kong Country games everybody remembered. And, yeah. you know, it reminded me when I played it the most of, of two from a standpoint of, you know, the challenge being that you, you know, you really had a great deal of things that you could learn from every time you played a level. And, you know, you weren't expected to blow through the game first level through, you know, every time. Um, and it was. It was a challenge and it was a great game, so... Uh, that was that was the game I played. I've been I've I've busted out Metal Gear Solid Four. I oh, talked good. about this last week, right? Yeah. But uh, I haven't really gotten too much further into it. Uh, still a great game, obviously. It is interesting though because you know you're playing this you know one two three and four. Um, the jump from one to two is kind of sudden due to the fact that it adds the first person motif. And then, uh, you know, with with Metal Gear Solid Three, it uh, it changes some of the camera stuff around. Although the most of the gameplay is still the same, but then uh, you know, Metal Gear Solid Four is a, is a two joystick game, and it's kind of different. You know, it's one of those yeah. games where you're you're really trying to just move around as best you can with both joysticks. So, 
Um, but still, great game. So, Sam, what have you been playing? What do you what do you what do you got in the tanker here? Um, I I haven't gone far, but I got into uh, uh, Deus Ex: Human Revolution. I think I mentioned this last time, but just in case, mm-hmm. uh, done some of that, and then uh, wow, what did I play? Actually, I can't remember too much. At the moment, all I know is I didn't really play. I didn't play anything. Yes, uh, Friday, because I was working. So maybe that kind of that kind of threw me off. But you know, usually it's just pretty much the usual. Uh, nothing much. I've been playing this game called Crystalis, and it's kind of like yes, uh, SNK made it. It's it's an action RPG. It's it follows a similar, uh, not exactly Zelda, but I guess you can compare it to it, kind of. Mm-hmm. But it's a really cool game. I just, I love the premise of it. It's a really kind of cool, they pulled it off kind of well. Well, it's um, it's a rare game. It's a game that a lot of people didn't really uh, have on their radar on the NES uh, one of the things, you know, in looking at the NES library is that SNK did have a few games on the on the regular Nintendo. They had Baseball Stars. Um, they had, a, you know, I think they had a couple other kind of smaller end games. They had, and then, then Crystallis was one of the games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what, what do you, you what do you describe the, the gameplay like? What do you what do you is like? Is it like? Zelda, like a like the first Zelda, the the adventures, uh, you know, the Legend of Zelda, or is there some you know other gameplay elements to it? What's it like? Uh, it's I don't know. It doesn't control like Zelda. It reminds me kind of like uh the Mana games a little bit, but not in not in the way you fight. But it's just uh. Yeah, you run eight directions. You have you have a fast attack actually, mm-hmm. but it's not weak. It's just it's fast. Uh, so it does actually feel a little more like a little more action to it. Mm-hmm. And the game's actually challenging, which is why I've been playing it a bit more uh, than others. I don't know. I'm feeling kind of slow in describing this, but it's just. Uh, but yeah, go ahead. Well, it's a. Nintendo, it was kind of weird. Like the Super Nintendo is, is kind of heralded as, as starting this golden age of gaming from the sixteen to the sixty-four bit era. Um, but Nintendo had this really large array of, of games. It was really interesting. We we I think we want to say two months or so ago we had a a show where we talked about ten Nintendo games that would still hold up. You know and. Uh, we talked about like you know we brought up the the you know we brought up games like the Mario's and uh, and Legend of Zelda and uh, Contra and some other games that that uh-huh. would hold you know stand the test of time. Yeah, but it's interesting to see the games that maybe aren't as well known, but when you go back and play them, they still definitely kind of test the 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 you know stand the test of time, I should say. And, it sounds like Crystallis is a, you know a game that when people looked at the um, the old like Nintendo library and, you know remakes being the big rage it's like some people have been asking for Crystallis to kind of get a, a look at it you know 
So you mean a remake? Yeah, like like you know when people talk about games they like to have remade, and you know yeah. we bring up things like Earthbound or you know any of those. Like some someone, a couple of people bring up Crystal. So like, well, that's an interesting game, but what's the market for it? You know, so very interesting. Okay, just because you mentioned it, I I'm it's debatable in my I'm kind of on the fence on an Earthbound remake. It's it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like a series that you can just throw another game into the well series. I just I don't know if it. Uh, I mean, I think it needs to be given another chance, like maybe a re-release or something. But I think maybe it's it's a pretty uh, well, it's special mm-hmm. to say it simply. But it is one of those games where it or series. It's three games, but it's one of those series where it feels like you just don't want to tamper with it or else it might lose the whole point of it. It might be, like, tainted or something. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, that's just me. What I think is interesting is... I mean, it'd have to keep all of the charm that made the first three good yeah. in the first place, and that's its simplistic style, but it was also kind of iconic. And, the, you know, just the whole... Thing I don't know if 3D would be necessarily well, the way to go. I mean, unless I mean, if it was kind of like uh, Dot Heroes and it was like pixelated sure, but 3D, that would be sure. kind of cool. That's actually. that's an interesting game. I've been thinking about replaying that at some point. Uh, what's interesting about you know, like what you're talking about, like uh, you know, there's a couple of games that when they got the remake, like you know, there were some games that got like the the uh, the uh, like kind of a different make to them, like. For instance, one of the more recent ones, well, not too recent, but uh, when Metal Gear Solid got re-released on the GameCube as Twin Snakes, uh, they they added the first-person shooter mechanism that they had in Metal Gear Solid 2, and it completely, completely nerfed, like, I want to say at least a couple of bosses, like the, like the Ocelot battle and then the, uh, the battle with uh, uh, Raven, Vulcan Raven. In the in the in the ice box, because if you're a first person in in either of those fights, you can just shoot and, and aim. Part of the part of the whole thing about that was, uh, you know, the overhead view gave you know no one really uh, like an edge. That's what made I think that first one really cool. Yeah, you can actually shoot at raven if i remember right you had to use the grenades you had to use the um the the uh, rocket launcher the one that you could uh the the stinger missile or not the stinger missile the uh um the uh the missile that you could uh uh control the nikita the nikita yes the nikita i don't think missile. that was there yet i mean raven no. was a little sooner no you still had to you still had it because remember you had to you had to guide the missiles in what I mean, in the boss battle, you had to you had to guide the missiles around one edge to to kind of sneak up on him, so that you could hit him from behind. Because if you tried to shoot him from the front, he was gonna see it and shoot it down. Wait, are we talking about like the the tank? No, or no, the- no, not the tank. No, 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 the second battle. Remember when when you're in the ice box? Oh, that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's different. That's an interesting battle because if you don't use your rations fast enough, they freeze and you can't use them. 
Oh, really? And I was like, yeah, I learned that after a couple of times trying to find it. I was like, ooh, very interesting. Um, yeah, uh, if you if you somehow beat that game in under three hours, I hate you. I really do hate you. That sounds no kills. Fun. <laughs> like no, like the 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 golden like the top level that is a no kill three hour run. Well, it's obviously the bosses being the only thing you quote unquote kill. That's pretty nuts. Okay. Yeah. Pretty nuts. So, we have about ten minutes left here. A reminder that you can visit our Facebook page, Los Livingston Brothers. Uh, you can like us. We'd like to get to 200 likes by the end of the, the, the Los Livingston Brothers Appreciation mm-hmm. Month, and we're we're hoping that we can get that push going soon. As I said, LosLivingstonBrothers.com, we have radio shows up through number 95, which is a couple weeks ago. I'm going to get the other shows up this week, regardless of whether or not the archive comes back up with the uh, the end of the last two shows. But you can listen to all of them, most notably probably our – um, our film festival shows, a lot of fun, uh, and then some other really good shows, including our spoiler alert show, which is freaking fantastic. We hope you listen to it. We have to do that again. That was a yeah. that was a really fun show. So definitely. Meanwhile, Sam is looking for black and green magic cards to amplify his deck with, and trying to see if he can buy some out to deck build. <laughs> and it's a uh, very uh, very interesting stuff, so to speak. Man, it's it's so funny to think of where magic has come in in twenty years, and uh, yeah. So, um, is there anything uh, coming around the pike, uh, Sam, or anything uh, anything coming soon that you would like to to speak on before we uh, kind of wrap things up here? Like, huh? What is coming out? I mean. Oh, that's a tough one. Well, I mean, we, you know, uh, Christmas movies galore. We talked about Elf. Uh-huh. The Grinch was on tonight. Yeah. I'm wondering if that movie is ever at any point going to become uh, a, uh, a, a, like a, you know, remember, it was it was completely panned when it came out. Like, a lot of people didn't like it, and we saw it in the movie theater, and I thought it was all right. It wasn't that great. Um, but, you know, after a while, you know. Some of the people in the movie have gone on to do other things, and and you know people might like them for more or less for what they've done after this movie, like a Jeffrey Tambor and a couple other guys. I mean, but um, I'm trying to think, like Elf being like the most recent Christmas movie that looks like it's going to be one of those that stands the test of time. You know, uh, um, I can't really think of it. You know, Love Actually is something that a lot of people are are, are behind as far as a movie that might last a little while. Yeah. Um we're a big fan of the um um oh, the Family Stone. That's a that's a that's a that's a big movie in our house. Yeah. Tear Jerker for sure. Um but uh but it's kinda interesting. There really haven't been too many holiday movies I'd say in the last decade that have uh has really stood up. I mean before then you had the Home Alone movies, you had National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation um, before that Christmas story back in the early 80s. And then, you know, before then, there weren't really too many big Christmas movies. Uh, you know, obviously, It's a Wonderful Life in the 40s and then the Claymation yeah. stuff. Charlie Brown Christmas in 64. Right. It, you know, Christmas movies are, are kind of becoming a thing of the past. Like, there's the Rise of the Guardians or what have you coming out. I don't know. It just kind of seems like there's... 
Uh, well, I don't think that one will. Yeah, but I mean, just that's the thing. It just kind of seems like you know, Christmas movies are kind of becoming like, uh, <laughs> are just become kind of like like cash ins, like movies that will barely draw in the box office, but will somehow still make a profit. You know, so well, maybe not uh, trying to make a classic. You know. Yeah, I know. It's uh, yeah, I hate to think of that. But um yeah, I mean we still got to sit down and watch. We still what? We still got to watch the 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 claymation. Still got to watch Frosty, still got to watch National Lampoon. Still got to watch um A Christmas Story, A Wonderful Life. Uh so there's a lot we still got to watch, but you know what's good is that there's 23 days until Christmas, so we're going to have plenty of time to watch them, which is very, very, very fun. To watch so, all of these movies? All of them. Charlie Brown Christmas, all that stuff. So. Yeah, definitely. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to that uh, for sure. So, um, Shoot, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we can we can fill for five minutes. <laughs> well, I just, uh, I just thought it's uh, the... You know, the Niners versus the Rams today. Uh, Sam watched that game. I watched the end of that game. Yeah. Yeah, we could talk about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and... and yeah. Yeah, it's just tough. That was a game that... You know, Colin Kaepernick, unfortunately, had one of those games that... Uh, in, in people talking about whether or not he should be the quarterback right now, he unfortunately... You know, he definitely made a bad decision on that pitch on third and three, but who is making that call that deep into your own end zone on that play when a blitz is coming? And, um, you know, Coach Harbaugh stood right up there and, and said that that was a you know coaching miscue there. And, um, you know, and Kaepernick did take the sack in the end zone and unfortunately was unable to to get rid of the ball in time or get rid of the ball in time but didn't get it past the line of scrimmage for the for the uh intentional grounding. But, you know, what's interesting about all that is for the 49ers, the first thing that they have to kind of think about this week is, you know, the Rams seem to have their number and, and you know, it won't be uh something like right away that's going to affect them, but they need to to come into this next week and and re- and really prepare. They got four weeks left. You know, they get a couple of wins here. They'll they'll clinch up the division. They need just to get to ten wins because the the Rams have six losses. And if they can do that, then they'll be sitting pretty. And 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 then from there, then they they have a chance to to even get a, a still get a two seed even with the loss today. So uh, I got faith in them. But today did suck. It really was bad. What'd you do, Sam? Dust. Not too much. Uh, uh, I planned on cleaning the bathroom, but of course, <laughs> still not not happened yet. We have, I have some cleaning to do. We have um, not much on the video game front as far as coming out. Uh, you know, the Wii out, uh, the release games are really all that's going to be there until after Christmas. We really don't have too much coming up uh, that's going to be released before Christmas time. Basically, what's out there now is what's out there. Um, what's interesting though, the uh, the Neo Geo Gold X is going to be up. Uh, it's come out, I think, uh, a couple weeks or something like that. That should be fun. Uh-huh. Um, 
But yeah, outside of that, uh, Christmas video game time—it's uh, it's it's rapidly approaching. This was this is one of the first times I can think of where I really don't want any games that are out there, and I think that's what we talked about last last week. It's just I'm not—I don't think I'm feeling the current gaming ecosystem right now. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I mean, nothing really. I'm not going nuts over anything right now. Yeah. But, uh, but, but yeah, or I'm sure there's something that I do want that I can't think about at the moment. But mm-hmm. oh well, I have to think of it. Okay. So yeah, Crystal's had a pretty good box. Dang, that's pretty sick. That's some Princess Bride stuff right there. I dude, like in that. Ja- dude in Japan, it was named God Slayer. God Slayer, Sonata of the Faraway Sky. Why wasn't it called that? What? I don't know. What? How do you have a game called God Slayer Sonata of the Faraway Sky and release it as Crystallis? Because they said Slayer, and that sounds too God. hardcore, apparently, for Nintendo. satanic. Absolutely sounds oh, satanic. Whoa. Boy, oh boy. Any game that starts... I mean, come on, man. God Slayer. That's fan- Dude. That's fantastic. I hope someone remakes a game called God Slayer at some point. Or calls a game God Slayer at some point. Cause, or they did God of War. I guess that's close, but anyway. Um, so, Sam, with uh, 90 seconds left to go here, let's get some words of wisdom in, and then we will uh, take it away for the evening. Okay. Don't... Uh, I'm sorry. When you sniff those pine branches, don't stick them in your nose. You'll suffocate from the sap hardening inside. <laughs> Just be careful. Real full. A lot of sap. I knew a guy. Yeah, I knew a guy. <laughs> the horrors of a of the Moon Mountain tree farm. All right, so that'll that'll do it for us. We're gonna get out of here. A uh, a very interesting week here. We'll have Pete back next week. Post birthday, um, definitely robes on, definitely pants optional, definitely show ninety nine, and definitely one away from the mystical hundredth show of those Livingston brothers, which is just ridiculous. I can't believe they let us do a hundred shows. Can't believe you guys listen to a hundred shows. Yeah, yeah I can't. really. Yeah, no, we can. We can't. No, we thank you for doing it. Uh, we will be back next week. Uh, we really hope you enjoy this. Stay dry. 